are still reaping from what God has blessed us in that revival. I know Brother Israel didn't bring it, but God used him, and I'm thankful for his faithfulness that he came. And as you look at me this morning, if this suit bothers you, it does me too. But if y'all can get past it, I can too, all right? But we're going to open God's Word this morning to Hebrews chapter 11. We're going to look at one verse, and then we're going to narrow that down to one word, but we're going to use several stories that we're very familiar with this morning as we open God's Word. And I want to look at this. Turning a faith that talks into a faith that walks. We need to be serious in this day and time about our faith. And our faith will be tested. And if our faith is not tested, I dare say we're just not out doing anything for our Lord. So as we read uh, Hebrews 11 verse 1, it says, Now faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Bow with me. Father, we do love you, Lord, and Lord, we just come to you, Lord, with hearts of praise, Lord, as we sing praises to you, Lord, we ask, Lord, that you'd bless and anoint this time of study, and Lord, as we look into your word, Father, I pray, Lord, that, uh, Lord, it's not by chance that I'm here this morning and that this message is on my heart, and that these people are here this morning to hear your word, but God, you put this together before the foundations of the world, Lord, that there might be something in your word today that help each of us. And Lord, I pray as we come in this morning, Lord, you accepted us, but Lord, as we leave this place, that we'd be different, that you've moved in our hearts and you've caused change in our life. Lord, I pray for that one that may be lost this morning, that today might be the day of salvation. And Lord, I pray for that one that has gotten away from you, Lord, that uh, with open arms, Lord, if we're willing to repent, and come to you, Lord, I know that you would just with open arms receive us. Lord, I thank you, Lord, again for this beautiful day and this time of gathering together you've given us. And Lord, we want you to take charge of this service as we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. So as we begin, we look, this is a very familiar verse and it's a very familiar chapter. It's Hebrews chapter 11. It's called uh, the Hall, Hebrews Hall of Faith. As you read down, there are many examples of because of these men's faith, they stood and they did some things that's not normal for us to do in our everyday life. See, they believed that the God of heaven could do great things and because they believed it, they stepped out in faith and they did great things. So as we look and we think about that, I want to talk a little bit about faith. See, faith is not something that I can show you. It's not something I can pull out of my pocket and say, hey, I want you to look at all the faith I've got. It's not something tangible. It's not something that you can hold in your hand, but we do know that it's very real. And then there's another word I want you to see in this, and it's hope. There's something that we hope for. Now, the Christian's hope is not I hope something's going to happen. It's a blessed hope of something we know is going to happen in the future. Some things that God hasn't revealed to us with our eyes, but through His Word, He's revealed those things to us. And those things were revealed to these men in the Old Testament. And because they believed God and they trusted in God, then they moved forward in their life and in their walk and they followed after God. So as we see those things, that's very interesting. We have to have faith in something. Now God gave every man a measure of faith, but we've got to direct that faith in Jesus Christ that we might be saved. He has given everyone a measure of faith. But I want to ask you this morning, what is your faith in? My faith is in a blessed hope of Jesus Christ and His returning. So without hope, you can't have faith. You've got to, have, you've got to put that faith in something. But without hope or without faith, there is no hope. That is what pleases God. 
That is what pleases God. But now, this is very interesting verses. It brings out many things. But there's something that I want to pull out of this. And some one word that I want to look at here. And it says, now faith is the substance. Now that's what we're looking for in our life, aren't we? We go and we pay for something. We want to receive something. We want something to carry around in our hands. We want something that we know that we've got, that we spend our money or our time or our finances on. We want to know that we have something tangible, something good. Now, substance means something that's concrete. Something that you can place your hands on or something that you can be confident in. And that's what we need in our life. And if we don't have that, then we don't have anything to put our hope in. You say, well, what do you mean? Where are you going with this? If you don't believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, you don't believe that He was born of a virgin, that He came and lived a sinless life, that He died on the cross of Calvary, and praise God that He rose again. If you don't believe those things, then you'll not put your faith in it and you'll not line your walk up with the things of God. We need those things in our life. That's what drives us. We don't have any drive in our life because we don't have any faith in our life sometimes. We don't believe that God is really coming back. He's sending His Son to receive His children. That's why there's some empty pews in this church. That's why there's empty pews in my church at home because folks don't believe that these things are going to happen. But folks, it's just as real and just as up to date as tomorrow's newspaper. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Now, so I see you have the same problem I do. i got some prime real estate up front that if they have to sit on top of each other in the back, they're scared of these front pews. I don't know what it is, but, but the same thing happens, I believe, everywhere I go. But I want to look and I want to think about some stories that will help us kind of put this into perspective. See, uh, if we want our faith to be one that walks and not just one that talks, we're going to look at some people of faith. And, you know, we have struggles. Now, there are some times in my life, yes, absolutely, my faith stands before me. I can go and I can do things. I trust in Jesus and I don't have any problems. But then there's times in my life I do have a little trouble. There's some times when I look and I think a hurdle's too big or I think it's something I can't do. I think, but you know, it's always I think. Do you realize your biggest enemy in your life is you sometimes? Man, I think, oh, I can't, I can't do it. I can't do it. Wait a minute. The same God that walked the Israelites through the Red Sea can do the same thing for you and I today. He hasn't changed, though we have. Our faith sometimes lacks and it holds us back from what God really wants to do. So I want to look at these few verses. I want us to turn to Numbers chapter 14. Numbers chapter 14. Now God has delivered the Israelites. Now He done a great work. And you know, we always say, well, if I'd have been there and I'd have seen that, things would be different. These folks were there. They saw it. Things wasn't different, were they? They're just like what the Bible has for us. So as we look and we read these, I want to read these few verses here. It's, it's several, but I want to go through these because we're going to get the idea and see what's going on. Chapter 14, verse 1 of Numbers, it says, And all the congregation lifted up their voice and cried, and the people wept that night. All the children of Israel murmured against Moses, against Aaron, and the whole congregation said unto them, Would God that we had died in the land of Egypt, or would God that we had died in the wilderness? Wherefore hath the Lord brought us of this land to fall by the sword that our wives and our children should be prey? Were it not better for us to return to Egypt? Now, the murmuring and complaining goes on. But there were two men who went over. And see, this is a result of going over and looking at a promised land. Now, I want you to know, these folks were bonded in bondage. They were slaves to the folks uh, in Egypt. But without ever drawing a sword, God gave them a miraculous deliverance. 
He carried them out. They never had to fight. They never had to do anything except follow God. And I want to tell you, that sometimes can be a hindrance to us in our life when all we got to do is follow God. You say, well, wait a minute. No, when God made a path for them, it made it easy. But what you'll find in the books of Exodus, finishing it out, you'll find a lot of tests that were put before them and they weren't ready for those tests because they didn't have the right kind of faith. And see, as God moved them across that wilderness, the tests were going to get greater and the tests were going to get tougher because He knew He had something that He was going to do in that promised land. And they got over there, there's going to be giants over there. There's going to be some problems over there. Now, Christian, when you got saved, it all looked real good, didn't it? And it is good. I want you to know that, man. We are the most blessed people in this world. We belong to Jesus Christ. It's a good thing. Man, you get saved. and Man, you see old brother Israel, man, how he's fired up all the time. Brother, there's some hard days in your life, ain't it? Folks, every day is not easy. Sometimes some hard things will come into your life. And if you ain't got the right kind of faith, you just ain't going to make it through. So as we see, they, they were there, but there were two men. Two men, Joshua and Caleb. Man, they trusted in the Lord, didn't they? They had the kind of faith that we need. They looked over and they saw those giants and they saw that land and they said, you know, we're going to go. God's done gave that to us. But you know, the other Israelites were saying, we can't do it. Wait a minute. I can't stand behind this pulpit and preach, but God can do a work. I can't speak into your heart, but God can do that. We can't do anything without Him. But they were looking at that land and they were saying, if we go over there without God, we're not going to make it because that must have been what they were thinking. They got to thinking that, you know, God's not going to be with us over there. I know He brought us out of Egypt. I saw the plagues He put on. I saw the parting of the Red Sea. I saw the wonderful works of God, but we can't do it. But we can't do it. So as we look, I want you to see uh, Joshua and Caleb pleaded with them. And in verse 8, he says, If the Lord delight in us, then He will bring us into the land and give it us, a land that floweth with milk and honey. Only rebel not ye against the Lord. Neither fear ye the people of the land, for they are bread for us. Their defense is departed from them, and the Lord is with us. Fear them not. He said, I don't want you to fear and be afraid. I know, I see what's over there. But I also see what kind of God it is that I serve. I trust Him and I know that He can bring us through. So we see these folks and they're upset. Now, what was their idea? How did they see themselves? And let me ask you, how do you see yourself today? How do you see yourself in Christ? Do you see the safety? Do you see the security? Do you see the blessed hope that we have in Him? Now, I want you to back up to Numbers 13 and I want to read one little old verse in uh, Numbers uh, chapter 13, verse 33. Now this is not what God says about these folks. This is what they said about themselves. This is their own look into their life and who they were. It says, And there we saw the giants, the son of Anak, which were come of the giants, and we were in our own sight as grasshoppers. And so we were in their sight. They looked out and they saw those giants over there. And they saw themselves as grasshoppers. Now if you go around in this world and you see yourself as a grasshopper, you'll never step out in faith and do anything great for God. And see, that's what the devil wanted them to think. That's what the devil wants you to think, that you can't do it, that you're not good enough, that you're not able. But in our God, all things are possible. All things are possible. 
So we see, first of all, I like to call that the shifted faith. Son, I'm going to tell you, they run on out of Egypt and everything looked good. They even sang a song when they come out of there, praising God for how good He was. But son, they got over there where the trouble started and they got scared. Now this is common. This is something we might all do. This is something we're going to deal with in each and every life. There's one thing I know. I've let my God down because I got scared sometimes. Because I was afraid of something in this old world. But I've got confidence like old Noah did when he was in that ark. Man, when those old storms came and shook him around, he might have fell down, but he couldn't fall out, could he? I'm in Christ. Now look, maybe you're in a time in your life right now, maybe you've got this shift in faith. Maybe, uh, you know, uh, 10 years ago, 2 years ago, 20 minutes ago, you were set and you was all right, you was going to go do something, but something come into your life and now you're afraid. Now you're afraid. I want you to know the same God that saved you will never leave you or forsake you. Don't be afraid of the shifting sand of this world. I promise you, there ain't nothing tied down in this old world. The only thing we have to stand on is the solid rock of Jesus Christ because He's never changing. Next we see the sinking faith. Let's turn to Matthew. Matthew chapter 14. Verses 29 through 31. Very familiar passage of Scripture. We know what's going on here. As Jesus is walking across on water to see Peter and the disciples, and or, or actually he's going to walk past them in this, in this Scripture here. But anyway, what we're looking at here is a sinking faith. Now we're going to see some things about Peter. And, and I thank the Lord that he didn't write down just all the high points in everybody's life in the Bible. Don't you? Man, I, it'd be sad to read that everybody was always on top. Everybody always won the victory. But you know, I'm glad there's some things in there like David and his fall with Bathsheba and, and, and having Uriah murdered. You know, because if everybody was good that was going to heaven, I sure get the feeling like I wasn't going to make it. That's right. But I'm sure thankful that it ain't about me, it's about him. So as we see these verses, man, just very interesting. Like I said, I thank the Lord for, for Peter and what he done. And I'm thankful for the change that was in his life. Matthew 14, 29 through 31, it says, And he said, Come. Now what he is, 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 is Peter sees Jesus. And they're, they're afraid of him. They think he's a spirit. They don't know what it is. But he realizes Jesus. And Jesus said, he said, Come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go by Jesus. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? Now, picture this. You're out on the water. Now, I don't know how much y'all fish or, or what y'all go out and do for recreation, but I mean, the water's kind of a scary thing. Now, when you go to a little old pond or something, well, you can swim across that, no big deal. You go to a river, you may even be able to stand up some places. You can get across it. But now you get out into the sea. I don't know, you just kind of get a little disheartened out there. But now I want you to see Peter's. He's there and he's going to step out of this boat. Now I'm going to tell you, I don't know how many of us would have the faith that day to step out of that boat. 
Now, we look at Peter and we think about how he was sinking and we see how he got his eyes off Jesus. But I'm going to tell you, there's 11 other disciples in there that didn't step out on that water. But you know, he never would have known what it was like to walk on water if he wouldn't have stepped out of that boat. He had some faith. Now, Peter, he, he did some things. He denied Christ later in his life. But right here, son, that night he got out of that boat and he walked on that water. Now, I want you to see this. He did get out. He did walk. So I want you to give him that. Man, you've got to give him some credit. You've got to say, hey, wait a minute now, Peter. I know you sunk, son, but you got out there. Now, maybe you come out running from the gate. Man, you got saved and you headed out and you was doing everything you could do. Now, now in my life, that was something I'm seeing in some young men right now that got saved in our church the last couple of years. Man, they are wide open. They're not scared of the devil. They're not scared of anything. They're going out and they're doing God's work. They'll knock on any door. I've got some ladies that'll go out visiting. We have to watch them because they don't care. Son, I mean, they'll go over there to the biggest drunk, the biggest whoever in our community. They'll knock on the door and they're going to invite them to church. That's what they're going to do. They're not afraid of what this world can do to them. And that's where we need to be. Now, you may come out of the gate like that, but somewhere along the way, and a lot of times the problem is we're going to get and rub shoulders with some old backslid Baptist, and they're going to take some of the fire out of us if we ain't, if we ain't careful. Now, so we see Peter... He gets out there on that water and, and, and he's going to Jesus but he goes to go past him and he gets his eyes off of him. And man, that can describe so many places in my life. Man, everything was going good. Everything was fine. God was blessing. God was working. And I got my eyes somewhere else. And I got to trust in these old feet to hold me up. And that's what Peter did. He got his eyes off of Jesus. He got his eyes off of him and began to sink. But thank God, and, and let me ask you, if you're sinking today, if you're having some trouble today with your faith, now look at what Peter did. He said, Jesus, save me. Jesus' hand was right there to pick him up out of that water. Amen. Let me ask you, you need God's hand today? Do you need Jesus to reach down and save you out of something today? Just like he did then, he hasn't changed. He'll do so. But there's a third one I want to look at. And this is going to fire us up maybe just a little bit on how the kind of faith we ought to have. On the kind of faith we ought to have, this is a solid faith. We looked at a shifting faith and a sinking faith. Let's look at a solid faith. Let's turn to the book of Daniel. Now, we're not breaking any new ground or looking into new, new territory. These are all things we may have learned in Sunday school. They're all stories we're very familiar with. But as we look at them under the faith that these folks had as they went through these situations in their life, I think it can help us today in our everyday walk. So as we look, Daniel chapter 3, verses 16 through 18. Man, this is one of the greatest stories. This is one of those stories that you just love to read. This is one of the stories usually you, you can't wait till the preacher gets to that. You're like, man, how long has it been since you preached on them three Hebrew boys? I want to hear about them again. I want to hear about the faith that they had. Well, we know that they wouldn't bow before the image. But look at verse 16. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said unto the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. Now, that kind of tells me something about them boys. They may not have had everything in their life settled, but they had one thing settled. They was going to serve God. Him only was they going to serve. Yes. 
Now, if you want to move forward in your Christian life, if you want to be uh, something that, or someone that God can use, then you're going to have to settle that in your life. You cannot serve God and mammon. You're going to have to choose to serve God. But they had made that choice. Now, see, I want you to understand the life they were living now. They were taken from their home. They were in Babylonian captivity. They were bound around a bunch of pagans. All that stuff, but you know they never let it brush off on them. Now let's listen. Now you say, well, hey, I'll tell you what. I go and I vote and I vote my conviction and I vote like a Christian ought to vote and I stand my ground and I stand for what I stand for. That's all good and fine, but what are we going to do when the persecution comes? What are you going to do when they get after us? It goes on to say, if it be so... Our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace. And He will deliver us out of thine hand, O King. He says, one thing's going to happen today. Our God's going to deliver us. You know, I'm settled in this. I know this. God's going to deliver us today. And He says, but if not. He says, He can pull us out of this furnace. He can go through the furnace with us. He can deliver us in whatever way He wants to. But folks, we better put a little clause in our Christian walk or we're going to get disappointed sometimes. You say, well, yeah, God, I'll follow you as long as you're part of the Red Sea. Lord, I'll follow you as long as you're doing these things that I want you to do. Lord, as long as you're going the way I want to go. But what? wait a minute. They said, you know what? God will follow you through that fiery furnace. Lord, we know you can deliver us. But they said, but if not? But if not? What if things in life don't always go your way? Now, I know there are some preachers that will tell you that everything's good and everything's fine. You'll have no more problems. You'll have no more debt. And everybody will drive a Cadillac. Only one thing wrong with that philosophy, it just ain't true. And it's certainly not Bible. Jesus said all who, uh, uh, the Bible teaches us that all who will uh, serve Jesus is going to suffer some persecution. We're going to have some persecution in our life. You say, well, I'm not having any in my life. We need to look at our life. He didn't say you might have some persecution, but he said if you stand for me, there will come persecution in your life. Now, so as we look and we see this, these boys, they said, look here, it says in verse 18, but if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. Now you may say in your life, and I may say this, Oh Lord, you know, I would never do this. I, I would never bow down to somebody else. I would never serve another god. But now I want you to know in the background, as they're talking to this king, he's heating up that furnace seven times hotter. Now you think about that. Now I don't know about you, but it'd get my attention if I was going to get thrown in the fire. But I want to thank God. As you read back through, I want you to read this afternoon, just read back through Hebrews 11. And you see what those Christians, their faith was so strong they was willing to give up. Some of them saw them asunder. You see that uh, the apostle Peter, legend tells us that he was crucified upside down because he didn't feel worthy to die the death of his Savior. Willing to give their very life. And these three Hebrew boys, you know, they say, well, God, I'd serve you if things was better in life. They were taken in captivity. They didn't have no life. They were living what they were allowed to live and do. 
We're in God-blessed America with all the freedom to go out and to worship and to serve and to reach the lost, but we won't get up and go do it because somebody might shut a door in our face. Boy, that'd be awful to live with, wouldn't it? Man, I wouldn't be able to sleep at night. Somebody shut their door in my face and I was trying to give them the gospel of Jesus Christ that would save their soul. We've got to get more serious in our faith. We've got to think about how God can work and what God can do. And we've got to be committed. Now, I don't know where you're at. See, I've got the glorious ignorance, and I know y'all agree with that, but I've got one about this church and about each person here. I don't know you. I don't know what you're going on, uh, what's going on in your life or what you're going through. But God does. God does. He knows what you're facing tomorrow. He knows what you're facing when you go out those doors. He wants to prepare you for that. He wants to work in that. He wants to use you. He wants you to be somebody that He can uh, use as a vessel to give out the bread of life to this world that's lost. I'll share a story with you about a, it's a military strategy. And you may have heard of this, but one of the military strategies they would have is if you would go out and you would begin to fight in a battle, You'd always, the, 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 the men would always think like this. You know, if things start going bad, we can turn and run. We can turn and run. There, there may be somebody here who's, you know, I want to try Jesus, but I'm not going to totally commit. You can't do that. You can't do that. There was a lady one time at a church, a pastor told me about this. He says, you're sitting in the back, about the second pew from the, uh, from the very back back there, and uh, there's a deacon sitting right behind her. She turned around and started talking to that deacon and said, I need to get saved, but I need to do it right here. He says, you can't get saved back here. Of course, we know that's not true. He says, you can't get saved back here. She said, well, I, it's a long way up there. I just don't think I can go up there. The next night, they had revival again, and, and, and the same thing. She said, I, I really I need to get saved, but I need to do it back here. I said, well, wait a minute. You can't do it back here. You need to go up there to the altars. Third night, I mean, it just tore her up. She said, this is last night revival. I've got to get this settled. I'm going up front. He said, okay, you can get saved back here. It's by our faith. A faith that saves is one that obeys. I mean, it points to a changed life. Just like when the Holy Spirit came on the day of Pentecost. It came like a mighty rushing wind. You couldn't see the Spirit, but you could see the effects of it. Just like when a storm comes through. You don't see the wind blow, but you see the broken branches. But I want you to know, everybody here today is because the wind of the Holy Spirit maybe have blown in your life and got your attention. And because of that, instead of being somewhere else today, you're in the house of God praising His holy name. That's how God works. But to move on in our story, Leaving that option to retreat. You say, well, you know, I'll go down there and I'll go to the church, but now when that preacher calls on me to close out in prayer, I'm gone. I'm out. I don't do public things. I don't show anything. I can't do it. I can't do it. You'll be surprised what you can do if you'll let God use you. You say, I can't do it. I absolutely can't do it. No, but He can. He can. But what they would do, and there's several accounts of it, 
they would come and they would go out to war. And as everybody, if they went by ocean, as everybody got out of their boats and they, they, they began to go into war, they would turn and they would burn the boats that there would be no retreat. Now let me ask you, what are you after today? What is your safe haven in this world? You say, well, ah, you know when things get too rough at the church, I can just stay at home. Home is my safe haven and nobody will bother me there and I feel comfortable and content. I want you to know that comfortable and content place in this world is the one that's broad and wide that leads us to destruction. You're going to have to get out of your comfort zones a little bit, folks. We all are. We're going to have to trust God sometimes. When we look and it just don't add up, it just don't make sense, and we look and we say, it's absolutely impossible to do something, that's when we trust in God. And I want you to know that's when God moves the most. Now, I want to ask you today, burn them boats. Let's have a kind of faith that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had. Let's have that faith that's going to carry us on, that's going to move us on. And God, we're going to serve you if it carries us through the burning, fiery furnace. But Lord, if you don't save us from that furnace, we're going to serve you anyway. Now look, what did them boys have to lose that day? They could live a life of a testimony, which they did when they went into that fiery furnace and Jesus was already in there. They went inbound and they came out loosed. But you know what? If they never came out of that furnace, they would have been in glory with Jesus Christ. So what difference did it make? Now, whatever is scaring you out in this world, whatever it is that bothers you, whatever that's keeping you and holding you back, when you got Jesus Christ beside you, living within your heart, really, never by yourself, how can you let that make you afraid? How can we allow these things to stop us from doing great things? To stop us from doing great things. I'm going to ask you first of all today by way of invitation. What is your faith in? Have you ever put your faith in Jesus Christ? Have you ever realized God's love for you? Man, that's all you can see. Uh, it's so right in the Word of God that says God is love. All you can see when you talk about the God of heaven, He looks down on us and saw our lost condition. Because He loved us so much, He sent His Son to die for us. He did that for me, and He did that for you. Have you realized that in your life? If you haven't, I invite you to come today and give your heart and life to Him. You will never regret it. Maybe you said, well, back a long time ago, I started coming, I come to the church, and I let somebody baptize me, and I got my name on the church row. I'm not asking you that. See, that's just trying to stick your foot in the door. But if you want to be all in, you're going to let Jesus save you. You're going to give up this world, repent of your sins, and you're going to ask Him to save you. Secondly, I'd like to ask you, Christian, have you gotten away from God? Are you, are you, I'm not asking you, are you giving Him 20% or 30%. I'm asking you, are you giving Him 100%? Do you trust Him that He can take care of you and provide for you? Would you say, Jehovah Jireh, our provider? He gives us all things. He, he owns all things. And He has that power and that authority. Folks, this is a God who stopped the sun. He's the one who turned back time. And I'm not talking about on a pocket watch. I'm talking about on a sundial. That's the God we serve. There ain't nothing out there that we ought to be afraid of.
God can do all things. And I'm going to ask you today, would you commit to Him? Would you all bow with me? I'm going to ask the Lord's blessing over this invitation. Father, Lord, we do love You and we praise You. Lord, I know there's times in our life, Lord, that we get our eyes off of You. And Lord, we don't have the kind of faith to carry us through. Lord, I ask for that person today who's gotten away from You. Lord, to stop trusting You. Lord, I pray that You just draw them back to You today. Just wrap Your arms around them, Lord. Let them know that You're there. Lord, they might go out into this world tell others about You. Lord, I pray for that person that doesn't know You this morning. Lord, that's trusting in something else. Lord, but doesn't really have a blessed hope to look forward to in Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray that You'd give them strength that they'd not be afraid. That they'd have faith in You. And Lord, the boldness to come down this morning and give their heart and life to You. Lord, we ask Your blessing. Lord, we know that we can't do anything without You. But Lord, You can do all things. Bless us now, Lord, in Jesus' name.